Buenos dias, chicas y chicas, and welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am one of your hosts, Luke. And I'm the one that doesn't speak Spanish, Tim. <laughs> Wait to narrow it down. That was Thanks that for coming was Spanish, back right? and joining us. <laughs> yeah, that was Spanish. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do the uh, authentic accent because, you know, I didn't want to confuse you. But uh, you are joining us on another of our 2023 off-season previews, looking around all 32 or 32 of the NFL franchises that you can find out there. <laughs> We encourage you to go and find the other thirty-one like of these podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying my best. I did study it for about twelve years, so hopefully I'm not a million miles away, and I'm not offending anyone. I'm doing my very best. I can assure you um, to get the accent right. But today we'll be looking to get the 2023 preview of the Washington Commanders right as we talk about their prospects and the year that just was for the uh, DC area Indigenous persons. We encourage you, as always, to follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod if you're listening to this. You can also email us, halfyardlinepod at gmail.com if that's your bag. Find us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the pod. Also, leave us a rating and a review. Super helpful for us with the uh, the pod algorithms, and we much appreciate it. And spread a bit of love the old-fashioned way. Tell some friends, tell some family about the pod, and we'd really appreciate it um, as we roll through the off-season and look ahead to 2023. Tim, we're going to be talking about Kind of a surprise package team, you could say, from a year ago. The Washington Commanders, for those unfamiliar with uh, the half-yard line to date, we have many names for this team in keeping with their recent suite of name changes across the last several years. I have Dan Snyder for years insisting that they would not, never, under any circumstances, change the name while he was the owner. He's then changed it twice, so not really kept that promise as he hasn't many, many others arguably the worst uh, human being associated with the NFL these days, which, which is quite is a harder... That's a claim. Quite a harder label to acquire, but we'll put that to one side and keep it on field and in the front office today. We call them the commanders. We call them the commandos. We call them the football team. And here on the half-yard line, we also call them the bad piggies. For those not grasping that, the reason is that they launched a mascot this year called Major Tuddy. <laughs> uh, I encourage you to look up Major Tuddy if you have not who is basically a large pig wearing a sort of World War One era helmet and he looks like what you throw angry birds at. And apparently what you throw angry birds at are called bad piggies. So with that explanation in mind, long-winded as it was, Tim, the bad piggies last year, some green shoots for this team, although a lot of questions going into next season as well. Yeah, mixed bag for the commanders, the Fighting Dan Snyders, um, if you will. We, we do have lots of names and could go on for a while, but in the interest of a 15-minute podcast, we will let that <clears throat> be enough of the name-calling. You know, they beat some good teams uh, this past year. They they lost to some bad teams. They, lo- they won their first game of the season. They won their last game of the season, and they had two three-game win streaks in the middle sandwiched around lots and lots of losses. Um, one of the pod favorite quarterbacks – Taylor Bud Leidecke doing Taylor Bud Leidecke things out there looking like he is sure he's the best quarterback he's ever met. Certainly was the best quarterback on this team this year, if you ask me. Um, Had done a lot with not very much. I mean, I think we're going to talk in a minute about their needs. The list is lengthy. Um, Certainly was more fun to watch when he was playing quarterback. After they tied the Giants um, and then lost to the Giants the following week, they sort of bailed on the season almost. It was it was sort of a strange thing. And then Ron Rivera seemed to be unaware that they could be eliminated from the postseason. And then they were eliminated from the postseason. So it was it was a very strange ending to the year for the Washington Commanders. Um, 
certainly green shoots to grow on if they want to do that. Um, I will say their defensive line, when healthy, is very, very good. Probably the certainly the best part of this team, one of the better ones in football. Um, but you've got Montez Sweat, you've got Allen, you've got Deron Payne, and you've got Chase Young as a fearsome front four if they can all be on the field at the same time. And in the times that they have been, it's been very good. Uh, they did apply the tag to Deron Payne, so he's sticking around. Um, so they will have all four of those guys across the front again if they can keep him healthy. So that's a, a sort of good, a positive as we look to the next year. Um, they do have all of their draft picks, which is good. They also have a, a bonus sixth. Uh, so opportunity to um, – they got a pick in each of the first seven rounds and a bonus in the – each of the first seven. There's only seven rounds. All right, so they have one pick in every round except the sixth where they have two. All of those are their own except for the bonus sixth, and then the third is a compensatory pick. They actually lost their third um, in the Carson Wentz trade. So, oops, that didn't work out quite as well as they would have hoped. But plenty of draft picks to make some moves. They also have $16 million in cap space, and that's after tagging Deron Payne. So some flexibility from the cap side. That puts them in the top third of teams from a cap space perspective, and they certainly have some opportunities to create some more that we'll talk about. But sort of setting up their positioning, uh, Luke, 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year, fourth in the NFC East. 500, not a bad record. A little streaky in how they got there. Lots of needs. Relatively young team. Some uh, hot areas. Defensive line being one of them. We didn't even talk about Scary Terry. Pretty decent cap space and a full complement of draft picks. That's kind of how I see them entering the offseason. Any thoughts on what was or what is? No, I think you covered it well in terms of what was a strange season rotation at the quarterback position whether forced or not is never really a good thing in the nfl few teams who do that succeed as you mentioned Wentz came Wentz started the season he was the big offseason acquisition a year ago he was not good then he got injured then taylor heineke came in taylor heineke played the way taylor heineke always does which is he'll do some great stuff he'll do some awful stuff but you end up somewhere in the middle he was the best quarterback on this team then they get close to getting into the playoffs. They reinsert Carson Wentz. They lose that game that they needed to win. And then they started Sam Howell, who they drafted last year, right at the end of the year to give him some minutes. So that carousel really was the headline. Like you mentioned, they started the year awful. I mean, early in the season, I would have, I was thinking this team might struggle to win four or five games. So getting it to 500, whilst also being a nice throwback to the days where you could be a 500 team, I thought was a pretty reasonable job. Rivera, obviously veteran coach. You've got Jack Del Rio, veteran DC. And the addition of Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, in theory, should give that side of the ball a jolt where they've got some talent. You mentioned Scary Terry. Jahan Dotson had some prom- showed some promise last year. As a rookie wide receiver, you've got Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in the backfield. Curtis Samuel finally started doing some stuff after lots of injury problems that he's had. Whether or not he's back is a different question, but there are certainly pieces on this offense to get excited about. There's pieces on the defense to get excited about, mostly on the defensive line. I think they've also got two good safeties in Forrest and Curl, both of whom are really, really cheap. So that helps. And Cole Holcomb is a a tackle machine when healthy at linebacker. So Certainly some positives for the Bad Piggies, in my opinion, in a team which, with a couple of shrewd additions, I think could leap up the ranks in the NFC East fairly quickly. But unfortunately, one of those additions might well need to be under center, which is a very difficult thing to get right. It indeed is. Looking at 
the opposite side of the coin. So maybe what's not so good. And if you're particularly good at math, you can just take one minus all the things we said. And what's left is the things that are not good, which is basically everything else. A quarterback is the most obvious glaring need. I, I honestly am of a believer of a believer. I am a believer that Taylor Heineke has got an opportunity um, <clears throat> to be a good quarterback in this league. I think he's almost 30, believe it or not. I was shocked to read that. Uh, he's 29.9, according to Spot Rack. Um, but his 29.9 year oldness, I think, showed flashes. I think he could uh, have been or could be still a quarterback for this team. He should not be expensive. He is a free agent. Um, clearly, he's not going to command a big contract from somebody. He's either going to go in and compete for a starting job somewhere or be a backup on the way in the door. Why not have that be Washington? Um, Sam Howell is the only quarterback on the roster. Going into the offseason, they, they did tell Biennemi in his interview that he should plan on Sam Howe being the starting quarterback on day one, which is uh, he still took the job. So that's on him, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, so they got to figure out the quarterback position. Maybe Sam Howe's the guy. He, he played okay in week 18, um, had one pick, but threw for a couple hundred yards, touchdown. Um, be interesting to see if they don't bolster that position in some ways. I don't see them bringing in Aaron Rodgers in a trade. The Derek Carr thing is done. You know, th- there's not a ton of quarterback talent available. Um, I, maybe they want to swap two first round picks and go grab Lamar Jackson uh, from Baltimore. It's not the style that they've played. Maybe they have enough holes they can change their style. I don't know. Um, but I, I think much more likely they bring in the Taylor Heineke type uh, guy to compete with Sam Howell as a potential starter, but more likely to be a backup um, and and hold the ship together. Other needs, offensive line. This team's offensive line is a problem, um, has been a problem. Part of why I think Heineke could be a good quarterback if he was not running for his life um, every single play. You know, this team has had some running back success intermittently over the last couple of years, and it's a lot of it's had to do with blocking. Um, so offensive line is an area that they've got to get better. And stop me if you've heard this before, but running the football and stopping the run are good ingredients in playing well in the NFL. They did not do either of those particularly well last year. Uh, and so run defense is going to be a big part of this. With the defensive line they have, I think they could get better without adding a talent if they can stay healthy across that defensive front. The linebacking core has got to get better. Um, from a free agency perspective, John Bostic is a free agent. You know, they're, I don't think going to spend a whole lot of money to bring him back. They've got a couple other depth linebackers, um, Hudson and Eifler, who are um, free agents. But they've they've got to get better in the linebacker room. Uh, defensive backs, nothing to write home about, but not as problematic, perhaps. We talked about a couple of those being strengths um, as the rest of the roster. So I, I guess I would focus on interior linebacker i would focus on offensive line and then certainly quarterback the skill positions can always get better they've got one wide receiver and half a running back on the team right now um but as far as the bones of the team that's where i would focus yeah i think you're right and the health of the defensive line just enables so much more for the rest of that defense to flourish i mean jamin davis who they drafted early recently led the team in tackles last year had nine tfls you hope he takes another step forward but you know, the fact that Terry McLaurin and Chase Young had the same number of solo tackles a year oh. ago is probably not what you want. Chase Young 
has had injury problems. They hope he comes back full speed. Obviously, a tremendous, tremendous player when he's he's on the field. You mentioned Bostic being a free agent. Is that more that depth linebacker? Cole Holcomb, also a free agent who I mentioned in that spot as well to go with the guys that you mentioned on more on the depth side. Trey Turner is another name they could potentially look to bring back. Guy who's been around the league for a fair while. You mentioned the offensive line play wasn't stellar. So do they want to go and bring him back? I don't know. They also lose a lot, used a lot of three safety looks last year with yep. Bobby McCain next to Carl and uh, and Derek Forrest. So he's a free agent. Maybe they look to bring him back. But you're right. I mean, quarterback is the domino. If Sam Howell is meant to be the guy, then so be it. And I think to your point, Taylor Heineke is almost the ideal backup because he's shown he can come in and win you a game or two. He ran Tom Brady close in a playoff game not too long ago. So he's got some talent. Um a guy who can maybe be a bit of a sort of poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, you know, has some of these games where you go, this guy's amazing. And then has some games where you go, there's a reason this guy does not start very often. So Sam Howell was drafted late, but I think a lot of people were surprised, myself included, that he lasted until the fifth round a year ago. He's got some talent, adds some little rushing flexibility. He's not, you know, Cam Newton, but he can also provide that. And if that's the objective, maybe with the enemy's tuition, uh, still to come or mentorship whatever you want to call it that can bring the best out of him and as they go forward that means they've got an answer at that position which is something that they've struggled with for a long 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 time yep that's right look luke so we talked about them having some cap flexibility i mean i think there are some opportunities for this team to open up a little more cap flexibility if they would want to um they have 17 ish million available today. They are already spending 18 million on Duran Payne. So that was a big chunk of their cap. If they can turn him into a long-term extension, um, then that cap number probably comes down. That's one way to save some money. Um, if you want to look at cuts and again, just from a mathematical perspective, nobody jumped through the wall. I know some of these are good players, uh, but Curtis Samuel has got some savings opportunities. He's got a $13 million cap hit. Uh, he's, Finally, to your point, been playing well. I don't think he's a candidate necessarily, but I just, from a, the dollars and cents perspective, it would be there. Uh, Charles Leno on the, excuse me, the left tackle uh, has got some savings opportunities there. Kendall Fuller, we are remiss to not have mentioned him earlier. He was a very good player for them in the defensive backfield at the corner. Yeah, position, very true. Um, earlier or this past year, and has been getting better, uh, but he would obviously have a fair amount of savings if they were to make that move. Beyond that, it's going to be, you know, restructuring deals for some of their more expensive players. You know, Chase Young is a really interesting player from a contract perspective. Given the injuries, what do you want to do there? Do you want to go ahead and, and think about an extension for him now, hoping that it gets better and you can depress the value there in some ways? Um, there, there could be some cap savings if they chose to go about it that way. Um, yeah and he's so young as well i mean no pun intended but the guy's 23 years old so he's not even going to be 24 till you know somewhat late a little bit later this year for the level of talent and the premium on the position you you would think maybe they investigate that earlier but uh i mean he was only drafted three years ago now so he's just coming into that potential extension uh purview so i imagine they're probably stuck on they got the rookie deal for now and then maybe they try and go down that route yep no i think that's right so i mean at the end of the day i I think it's not a team that has a ton of big cap exposure. And when you don't have a ton of big cap exposure, you don't have a ton of big savings. The only player on the team right now with a cap hit of $20 million is Jonathan Allen. Um, and they only have... Who's probably the best player on the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, certainly among the best players on the team, depending on how you feel about the the defensive ends 
um, you know, Deron Payne is going to be the second with 18 million. And then you've got a handful of guys in the 11 to 13 space. So relatively well distributed cap. That just means there's not a ton of opportunity uh, to go cut some folks. There are some towards the bottom of the roster, you know, where you, you know, Antonio Gibson, depending on how you feel about him, would be a basically a free cap save at that point of about $3 million with almost no dead cap. Um, I think they like yeah. him. I like him. The big, um, the big move was cutting Carson Wentz, right? That was the big done, right. domino yeah, to fall in the offseason. Yeah. So they've already done that. And I think the others two you mentioned, you mentioned there might be Curtis Samuel has been productive. Do you want to pay $13 million to a guy who's probably your third wide receiver slash gadget guy? Maybe not. But at the same time, you know, is it worth restructuring him or is it worth outright cutting him? Questionable. I would probably lean towards yes, but it depends on your priorities. A lot of onesie, twosies. We could save a bit of money here. We could save a bit of money there. Maybe Logan Thomas, a guy who has had injury problems of late. So you could save five million bucks, but he's a good player when he's healthy. You're bringing in a young quarterback. These are weapons for him to get comfortable. So shedding offensive skill position talent at a time you're going to be starting Sam Howell is probably not the wisest decision either. So I agree with you though. It's not it's not a team where you look at a bunch of guys and go, whoa, you need to cut that guy. I think the big one was Wentz. And since that's been done, it puts them in pretty steady footing going forward. That will do it for today, talking about the team in the nation's capital. And we would encourage you all to check out the remaining podcasts that we have on these off-season previews. We've got 31 others, apart from the one that's reaching your ears right now. Some of them available, some soon to be. So please go through, check them all out. Encourage you as you do so to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss any and don't miss any of our off-season coverage still to come. Leave us a rating and a review. Super helpful for us. Really appreciate it and spread the good word the old-fashioned way with some word of mouth too if you feel that that passionately or even if you don't, we'd still appreciate it. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on the socials at halfyardlinepod and you can catch us on the next off-season preview, whichever one you find yourself listening to. So bye for now. Bye-bye.